welcome to Show Me Your Mic podcast, where I talk to other podcasters about their podcasts. You can find it online at goodstuff.fm slash smym, and on Twitter, smym underscore fm. I'm your host, Chris Enns, and for this episode, I've got Mike Beasterfield of Jackals.us, Jackals.us is on the show. Mike's a great part of the podcasting community here at Good Stuff and elsewhere, other podcast sites, and is looking to help people get into podcasting with his podcasting network at jackals.us and the custom CMS he's writing to help run a podcast website. My thanks to Campaign Monitor for sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mike. More on them a little later in the show. Now here's my conversation with Mike. Well, thanks, Mike, for joining me on Show Me Your Mike. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, you're uh, a, a man about podcasts, I guess, is the, maybe what they would say. <laughs> uh, listener turned podcaster, which is probably most of us, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's good to have you on. Um, before we get, get into some of your stuff, you're uh, just briefly, I guess, you jackals.us, jackals.us is mm-hmm. the site people can go to to check out where your shows are that we're going to talk about. But uh, what, what sort of got you into podcasting? way back whenever that was well um i would say it probably started with twit uh i remember uh, when i was in college tech tv was on here in the states mm-hmm. um my parents had direct tv um, at college in my dorm i didn't have uh, our cable we didn't have uh, tech tv and i came home that summer and i spent pretty much the whole summer sitting in front of the tv watching that <laughs> nice um, and then of course Leo's shows, uh, ended up getting canceled and then he started twit and I followed him onto there. Um, and I'd say that's probably where I first got my appreciation for podcasting. Um, he, his shows were definitely the first ones I listened to, you know, the tech guy and, uh, Mac break weekly, which is kind of funny cause I didn't, I don't even, I've had a few Macs, but, um, they've been company property. Um, I've never actually owned one of my own. Um, hopefully soon I'll what? rectify that. Wait a second. We just got to stop for a second because uh, so you're telling me you don't podcast with a Mac? It, it's true. It, which, is, uh, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I don't know if you listen to episode 60 yet. This will, yours will be episode 61, but episode 60 of Show Me Your Mic, um, not to assume that you listen, but I know you've mentioned in the past you listen. Anyways, episode 60 was with Carrie Halstead of Good Stuff, and she also does not use a Mac to podcast. So I'm, I'm treading into dangerous ground here with, with my Mac credibility <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm just kidding go on well it is it is possible to do it um i hear a lot of, about a lot of nice things that the mac users have though because it it does seem like that's where the um ecosystem is centered around like for example i don't have a, a mute button i know for the mac there's a program out there that you can install and set some keyboard on your or some key on your keyboard to mute, and I cannot find anything like that for the PC. So, you know, sometimes I'm treading into ground that uh, it seems like nobody else has has had to deal with, but, you know, I'm just stumbling along as best I can. <laughs> yeah, that's what all of us do. And so you're, you're listening to podcasts, um, Twit and things like that. Uh, I assume at some point in there, I, I became familiar with you through 5x5, five five, I think, is where... Probably you mm-hmm. stumbled across Dan and and, um, and his shows, um, and what what sort of made you want to take turn the corner to actually being a podcaster yourself? You know, stepping behind the microphone, so to speak. 
Well, I think most people who listen to podcasts secretly or not so secretly want to do podcasts as well. <laughs> and uh, I participate a lot in the chat room, um, all the chat rooms. and uh, All the best chat rooms. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, people kept saying, we should get together and do a show. And so finally, I went ahead and tried to do it. Um, that was almost two years ago now. And it didn't go very well. Um, I tried to do a weekly topical show and I couldn't get um, enough people to agree to do it. Uh, getting people to fit in their schedules. Um, you know, just a, a weekly topical show is really difficult to do. Mm -hmm. um, so to answer your question, I, I started because I felt like there was a place, there was a podcast out there for the Jackals. And it is a, it's an interview show, so it's not topical. Um, that's worked out really well for me because I can bank shows. I can record three shows in a weekend and I'm set for three weeks. Um, you know, someday I'd like to get back to trying to do something topical. Um, but we'll see how my schedule works out. Yeah. So your original show, the Jackal Chat, right, was kind of geared around that idea of just there's all these people unified listening to these other shows. Why not get together and chat ourselves, uh, right? To sort of the, the gist of it around topics and things. Yeah, we kind of looked at what 5x5 hosts had talked about and let, you know, let's take a look at that and see if there's any deeper discussion. What do you think about what they said? So mm -hmm. it's kind of a continuing theme with me is my podcast about podcasts. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> um and for folks who don't know, I guess, uh, where, do you know what's the story of the name Jackal? And obviously you're, you're using that now for a, a sort of network name or whatever you want to call it, site name. But um, what was the, do you remember the, I don't even know actually myself where Jackals came from. I know it's what, yeah. As far as I know, uh, it was just one day out of the blue. Uh, it was actually during a time when the chat room was a little... Um, rougher, I guess I would say, I don't know, less friendly or at least felt that way to, um, some five by five hosts. And, uh, Merlin referred to the people in the chat room as jackals. So as, as far as I know, that's the, the history. I think there's something on the five by five wiki that really nails it down, but. Right. <laughs> and so then you, yeah, you started, uh, interviewing the, guests or not the guests the other fellow listeners in the chat room the jackals in, in the five by fives case and you've since expanded sort of or i was looking through the names i don't recognize all the names necessarily are they all thus far you know primarily you know them through the five by five chat and listener group yeah that's where i've gotten all my listeners so far um, i've tried branching out and getting other people to uh, uh, sign on and do it and i haven't had much luck yet but it's something I certainly want to do. I specifically, um, the the tagline for the show is uh, an interview of fans of podcasting. And because I wanted to leave it open to that, where um, I can interview anybody from any network. Um, mm -hmm. So it hasn't worked out yet, but hopefully by doing things like this show, maybe uh, <laughs> I'll get some more participants. Yeah, and actually, while we're asking that or talking about that, what uh, what's the best way for folks to let you know if they want to be on Better Know a Jackal? Sure. At the top of jackals.us, there's a contact link. 
and people can uh, just go in there, fill it out, contact me through there, and I'll get back in touch with them. Cool. Yeah, and I'll put that in the, the show notes here too, goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 61, and this is episode 61 of the show. Um, to be on, better know a jackal. Um, and I think, yeah, it's a neat a neat idea just talking with with folks and, and the community that's built around something that you enjoy already. That's part of the reason why I did this show is to talk to other podcasters about this stuff because it's just kind of fun to pick each other's brains a bit and learn. Um, and you actually had, uh, well, listener and podcaster as well, Moises Chuyan on a, a double episode. I've only actually listened to first, the first part. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and is, is, was he the first uh uh, sort of, what's that? What would that be called? It plays both sides, I guess, or whatever. The <laughs> uh, first podcaster that you've had on the show as well. There have been other people who have who have po- podcasts. I would say, uh, not anybody who has uh, probably the downloads that Moises has, but um, usually I find out during the interview that they have a podcast. So that's kind of their level of. Um, uh, fame, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably by far um, the most downloaded person I've interviewed so far. Right. Just brings a bit of an audience with him, I guess, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is handy sometimes. Um, and you have another show on there. I don't know. It looks like it's maybe a little bit delayed or, you know, things happen with podcasts and cursory and almost daily, which I know the feeling of having an almost daily show, but almost daily show of mostly tech news, mostly without the details. Is that a show that you're, uh, is retired or on the, or just on the down low so far, just for reasons. (laughs) (laughs) It is, uh, on an indefinite hiatus. Um, it's dangerously close to being moved to the retired section. Um, it was just something I wanted to try and I found doing a daily show is ridiculously hard. <laughs> um, even though it was only, it was usually less than five minutes. Um, the time I had to spend pulling together articles and, um, rewriting them. The, the idea behind the show was to be a very high level, um, uh, new show about the day, what happened uh, the previous day. And so I felt like I needed to rewrite the content I was reading to add something to it rather than just reading headlines or the headline in the first line of the article. I actually wanted to really compact the news into as much into as few lines as I could. And that was taking me about, uh, an hour a day. And I just couldn't, I just can't dedicate an hour to doing that every day. The recording obviously didn't take very long since it's only a five minute show, but mm-hmm. kind of the return on the investment, I just can't put five hours a week into a show that only comes out to 25 minutes. Right. And that's, uh, yeah, it's always kind of the inverse uh, reality of, I guess, of, of podcasting where <laughs> to do it, it, we could talk for two hours here and that'd be easy to release that. And and it wouldn't be hard as far as editing, but if we tried to, if I tried to edit the show down to a ten-minute show or something, I'd, I could spend another five hours editing it. And um, yeah, it's tough, tough to get something shorter and tighter and all that kind of stuff without a lot of extra work, which is sometimes worth it. But yeah, like you said, it's uh, it's good to try these things and experiment. I think in podcasting, and you never really know until you actually try it how much work or whatever 
it will be and and what'll take off. Um, speaking of work, you your your site is based on a custom built CMS, right? Is it, if I understand correctly, that's correct. Yeah, the Cleric CMS, and mm-hmm. you uh, is this coded written yourself, or do you are you involved with other folks doing it? Or uh, no, I wrote it uh, all myself. Um, it's uh, a Rails app. Um, right now, I'm just running it on Heroku, um, a free instance, and uh, I'm actually hosting all the media files on HostGator. Um, I have a Patreon that hopefully uh, I'm getting pretty close to the goal of actually uh, paying Heroku for using their service. And uh, I want to move all the media files to uh, Amazon, but I'm not there yet. Yeah, I noticed you've got the doing the Patreon thing too, which is great. I mean, I not just noticed that I I'm supporting you on Patreon, so no, <laughs> I can't pretend complete ignorance or whatever, <laughs> whatever there. But I think it's a neat. Uh, I like the idea of um, obviously the whole world knows about WordPress, doing podcasts and supporting or using WordPress to podcast with in general. Anybody who sort of searches out that kind of idea lands on WordPress pretty easily. Squarespace being maybe second or third. I don't know who. It doesn't matter who's first, second, or third or whatever, but. Doing it as a custom CMS, I think, is a neat idea. And especially reading your intention for it is kind of the idea of having it um, eventually being partially or fully open source, whatever you decide on there, I guess. But um, And it's something where you, we do a custom CMS here. Good stuff as well. But um, just not everybody, you know, assuming you have to be locked into the idea of how one platform lays out uh, the site for a podcast when it's not like WordPress isn't built to, to do podcasting natively. It's an add on and it works well, but, um, doing things. So what are, I guess, what are some of the things, the features that you wanted to build or have built into the CMS that you didn't see elsewhere? Or is it kind of just the, the nerd thing of I'll just build it cause I, I like to build things or a bit of both maybe. <laughs> yeah. There are some features that, uh, were missing from the other, um, platforms I've used, I've used uh, the Blueberry plugin for WordPress, and I found that really confusing. Um, maybe if I'd taken some more time to figure it out, but it didn't seem like it was really designed for doing more than one show. And uh, I've used Squarespace in the past as well, and you know that works great for a single podcast. And you could use it for multiple podcasts, but... Um, it seems like you would run into growing pains there as well because it's it's not designed exactly for podcasts. So I wrote this CMS and what I really wanted to focus on was allowing the people involved to have more control. So for example, if you're a guest on a show, um, if you're a guest on Better Know Jackal, I have it set that you can log in and edit the show notes and you can log in and edit your own profile so that I don't have to keep the site up to date. Um, Basically anytime you want to change something, if you change your website or you change your Twitter, you can log in and do that. Um, If you want to change the show notes because you had your old website in there or something, you can do that too. So I really wanted to focus on allowing this community to edit it themselves without having to contact me. And also with the eventual goal to have other people 
do podcasts as well. You know, I've built the permissions around that, that they have basically total control over their own show uh, without being able to trample on anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which something like a WordPress or whatever would, you you could do that, but it's definitely like a lot of um, extra sort of plugins, hacks to get it. It's not hacks, that's maybe too disparaging, but it's uh, it is more work to get sort of the user permissions right for something like multiple people. That's what I, I used WordPress when I hosted podcasts on SSKTN with a few different people doing their own shows and stuff. And you're, I, in that scenario, I just kind of trusted everybody that nobody was going to mess around with other people's stuff. But it does. It, it's nice to be able to just uh, do something similar with good stuff where it's just this person can only see their show and they won't, they can't go into and mess around with other people's stuff or, or accidentally do it or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's, how have you handled, um, you mentioned hosting, like you're sort of just linking out to, uh, the media file, the MP3 file, wherever it happens to be, or however you had handled hosting within the CMS itself of the file. Yeah. The MP3 gets uploaded to HostGator and, um, I have a, uh, proxy link for each show. So I have basic stat tracking. Um, it basically tracks downloads. Um, because I'm using the free Heroku instance, I get a database with 10,000 rows. I would love to do more stat tracking, but with that amount of data, there's just no way I can do it. Um, depending on how things go, maybe someday I'll expand that or I might look at a service. Um, I don't know where I'm going to go with that. I mean, for the shows I envision hosting, I don't, I don't know that we need stat tracking down to the, to the super low details. So, right, you know, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, <laughs> is it something where uh, someone could use something like a, like a Libsyn or whatever, alongside it, or is, or do you kind of envision more that the the CMS would take wrap all of that up for you and, and the user just like, I guess what I'm getting at is it geared more for someone or you would envision it being for someone who just knows how to hit record and then hit upload on the site once they're done their show or more of the, the sort of finicky podcaster kind of stuff that you get out of a WordPress thing where you can, you know, sort of mess around with a lot of the file. You could host Libsyn or you could host PowerPress or your own little FTP site or whatever, those kinds of things. Yeah, it's set up so that you can do that. Um, if you upload it through the site, it saves it to um, the shared hosting. But you can also just provide a media link, and um, it'll link to that automatically. So, you know, if you did want to put it on Amazon or Libsyn or something, you just paste your your link in there, and the CMS will take care of it. Yeah, nice. One of the patron rewards is that you can you will actually uh, set up an instance of Cleric for somebody to try out so you can mess around with, which I think for anybody who's only ever used something like WordPress, it's kind of fun just to see what else is out there and how it could possibly work. And so for as, I mean, as low as two bucks a month, someone could support you and mess around with a, an instance of a cleric just to try it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even $5 or, or $25 a month, you can get it running for them. Uh, which I challenged you. I mean, you asked my feedback, and I said I think you should charge more. <laughs> <laughs> we could uh, we could charge. Yeah, you could uh, for five bucks a month for setting up a server. It's a pretty good deal, anyways. But I know there's caveats and whatever. You're you're still programming it. So, um, but uh, it's a neat way, I guess, just to experiment with getting some a different style of hosting set up for a uh, podcast, and um, 
talk, I guess, a bit about how someone might go about that, what would be involved if they were wanting it set up for them, uh, assuming that they're you know, interested in podcasting and want to podcast and know how to get an MP3 file, but don't really know how to do the web hosting stuff. What would that do for them and how would that make it life potentially easier for them, I guess? Uh, well, yeah, I could, what I would do, um, and a, a little secret, at this point I would pretty much do it for free. You wouldn't have to donate to my <laughs> Patreon. I would hope you would. I mean, it's only a dollar or two a month, but um, I'm happy to set it up uh, for someone else, give them a little bit of training. Um, you know, the advantage to me is you have something that's built for podcasting and uh, it's designed in a way that you can run it pretty cheap. Um, like I said, I'm running on a free Heroku instance, so that costs nothing. Uh, HostGators, I don't know, $9, $12 a month, whatever it is. You can really... Um, set something up quickly um, and cheaply and you have a, um, I'm making big air quotes, podcast network uh, <laughs> set up and ready to go. Yeah. That's, I think, like I said, for somebody wanting to play around with this kind of stuff, that's, that's a cheap, easy way to, to mess around with it a bit and, and uh, experiment with the sort of fun of that. And, and it, especially if your goal is to, actually record podcasts and not mess around with server stuff that's what and you know code and and things like that and obviously you could i'm assuming there'd be a bit of like you know css style sheet uh, design stuff they could do to a site where they would uh, be able to you know personalize it a little bit but um but you have to know code i guess to do that i would assume there's no sort of pre-built templates or things at this point in the cms yeah, well um i mean there are the templates that run the, the current site but I've built uh, I've built it so that the templates are stored in the database. You can edit them um, through a web form, um, so you can update the templates without needing to actually dig into any code or anything like that. And it's got certain protections on it. So if you write something that doesn't compile, um, it's written in uh, Haml, which is a kind of a Ruby, um, basically Ruby only templating system. Um, it's there for other languages, but I think Ruby's the the big one, and uh, it will show you a preview of what you're changing. And um, if you do something that breaks the site, it just falls back to a basic template, so your site doesn't completely go offline. And so there's quite a bit of customization you can do without needing to know anything about Rails or Ruby. Um, you can just do it straight through the site. It's not drag and drop like Squarespace, but um, I don't know, well, you know, what do people expect for it being free, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't. It <laughs> sounds like what you have there anyways is, is impressive enough as it is for something that, uh, you're doing, you know, cause this isn't, it's not like your day job is to custom build podcasting CMSs, I'm assuming, or, or maybe you figured out a secret niche mm. job. <laughs> no, I wish that would be, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. I think there's, I keep bugging Tim Smith or, I mean, he's, he's working on it. He's the guy, uh, him and a few folks built the, the good stuff cms and i think there's a and he's you know exploring the idea of obviously you know using it as a licensable piece of software or open source parts of it or whatever all that kind of stuff and there's there's definitely a growing market for that kind of idea it's definitely nowhere near the market for a you know a blog or whatever cms kind of thing like wordpress obviously but um it's coming whether it's you know a year away or two years who knows but right now it's the sort of niche geek thing that 
people like to run their own little servers and things like that. Um, all right. Well, the other thing I want to talk about is your other bit of open source stuff is uh, Showbots, which I know is a kind of a fun, geeky thing that uh, podcast fans who stream live and have chat rooms and things like that um, is is of interest to them. But before we do that, I just want to stop for a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, which is Campaign Monitor. Campaign Monitor has been uh, supporting good stuff .fm since day one, and we thank them for that tremendously. Their service that they provide is if you need to send out beautiful-looking emails to customers, clients, potential customers, friends, family, even if you wanted. If you don't like just sending out stuff out of Outlook or whatever, you can use Campaign Monitor even for that. Um, building an email list, all that kind of thing is all supported within Campaign Monitor. You can have a beautiful, responsive email template or template, as they say in the States, I think, ready in 60 seconds or less. Um They've got things like geolocation segments where you can send it specific ways and times to different parts of the world, personalized emails to your subscribers, and with their new iOS app, which has been updated for iOS 8 and iPhone 6, 6 Plus, you can check out and monitor your account right from your phone. So visit campaignmonitor.com and get started today sending amazing emails. Thanks to Campaign Monitor for supporting good stuff and show me your mic. So Showbot, which is a... It's one of those funny things, uh, if you're a fan of 5x5 especially, um, and then now since then, Incomparable, ESN.fm uses something similar, uh, ATP, a lot of the tech podcasts anyways use something similar where it kind of like makes the chat room, which is on IRC, a little more interactive than just otherwise chatting back and forth with with the listeners and the hosts of a show. So what's... Um, what is, <clears throat> excuse me, what is Showbot, I guess, and what's, what are you hoping to do with it, or what have you done with it? <laughs> well, yeah, Showbot, um, from the beginning, basically collected uh, title suggestions for shows. So people listening live in the RC chat room can type a little command. Um, it's an exclamation S and then title, and the Showbot would collect those, display them on a web page. People could um, vote for them. And uh, it just gives the fans a way to interact with the host of the show while it's going on. Um, and uh, usually you get some really great uh, title suggestions. And it, it also is kind of interesting because you can see the progression of the show um, because all of these titles are saved. You can sort them in uh, chronological order. So um, I would say you could even probably get a, a pretty good set of show notes if you look back through those, get some reminders of what uh, <laughs> what what you actually said. So, but the, the Showbot, the original idea, um, I don't know if he came up with the idea or if someone suggested to him, but the uh, original creator of the Showbot was Jeremy Mack. Uh, he goes by Mute Winter. And um, he created a Rails app and an IRC bot. And uh, he uh, got distracted by some other things, I think. He does a, another project, uh, FND.io, which indexes the iTunes uh, or the Apple Store, App Store and all that stuff. Um, kind of a nice searchable, better search than, the, um, than you get through iTunes. Yeah, it's world's better. <laughs> yeah, so he moved on to that. Um, there were some problems with the Showbot, not with anything that he did. There were some problems with uh, interfacing with the API. Um, so I 
took a shot at rewriting it. Um, um, I gave it the ability to, um, the old showbot looked at an API to see if a show was live. I, that's still there, but I changed it. So it could look at Twitter. I changed it so you can manually push a, a new show, um, to get around those problems. And I decided to add a few other features like, um, auto updating. Um, it uses, um, some JavaScript, uh, MVC, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Underscore, maybe? And uh, so it pings the server and automatically updates the vote list um, so you don't have to refresh the page. And um, I've been adding some features lately. Um, There's also a link command. That was actually in the original Showbot as well, but you can submit links that... um, the host might mention or uh, links that you think would be interesting for the show host to see. Um, and a new tab I have is called questions. And so that's kind of for a QA format show um, so that you don't have to scroll through this chat to try to find uh, questions that your users have submitted. So that's used um, by five by five uh, by ESN and by the incomparable and um, actually, very recently, uh, Dan took over the hosting of Showbot for 5x5. So um, he's still pulling code from my GitHub, but um, I basically don't have much to do with that anymore uh, with the day-to-day maintenance of it. Um, but it's still plugging away for uh, the incomparable and ESN and uh, um, causes... Uh, the, the people, well, there's now there, so now there's basically uh, three versions of Showbot the one that Mute Winter did, the one I did, and then the uh, much uh, maligned one that uh, Casey Liss wrote for ATP, <laughs> which uh, I, I was discussing this with somebody the other day. He, he uh, got a lot of flack for. Uh, a showbot that I would say security wise wasn't that far off from, from the one that the ones that uh, already existed, but he was uh, just in a little more hostile environment. So there's, he's got several, he's talked several times about that. So I won't go back over it, but you know, um, <laughs> there's controversy so, even in, in showbots land, I guess in podcasting. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and confusion. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I've recently added some security features because of that. So, um, yeah, we yeah, actually, we up. forked, um, Mike, uh, Mike mute winter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the original Jeremy. Sh- Jeremy, sorry. I had a friend who used to go by mute winter <laughs> or winter mute, I think is what he went by as uh, back in high school. And, uh, that's why I get the two confused. But anyways, um, the, we forked his uh, the original showbot that he had used and, and that's where we're, we're running on good stuff as well. And it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's almost, it could be like a standardized thing across different podcast sites, which is, it sounds like it more or less is, but it is, there's always, there's just that geek, uh, gene or, or something that like, no, I could probably do it just a little bit different and maybe make it my own. But, uh, anyways, that's the, what's, what, where is your, uh, is your, yours is on, GitHub as well, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. what's the repository or, or your account? I guess. 
Um, I am Mike Biesterfeld on GitHub. So that's github.com slash Mike Biesterfeld. Um, I won't try to spell it. You can just go to the show notes to find that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Cool. And that's, yeah, it's a neat, uh, it's a neat thing in that, like it, that's a sort of an extra level, uh, bonus layer, I guess, of, of geekdom as far as, uh, podcasting goes. Um, but, uh, it certainly adds, uh, this show I've sometimes recorded live. Sometimes I don't this one, this particular episode, ironically enough, we're not recording live. So there is no <laughs> chat room listening and suggesting titles, but on good stuff too. It's, it's fun to, um, there's, there's certainly people who tune in just to a live stream and listen and are, you know, passively listening, but the folks who actually you know, log into an IRC chat and, and then use the showbot to suggest titles and then vote on the titles afterwards and things like that. It just kind of creates a bit more of a community and we're all in this together and lets them listeners help out along, along the way. And so um, certainly something to look into if you're at all streaming live for a, a podcast and looking at doing that. There's um, I think like even folks I know who use uh, like Google Hangouts and things like that to, broadcast their show sometimes still have an IRC chat room below because the Google Hangout chat is kind of janky and so um, it would be a situation where you could use something like that so that's one of the other things where you um, one of the rewards I think right or or maybe you know you don't involve Showbot explicitly in, in your rewards but I'm sure somebody could come chat with you and work out a deal to get they wanted an instance of a Showbot set up is it runoff another Heroku instance is that how you'd or how does it I don't, I don't know the technical way of that that all happens. So, yeah, you can run it on Heroku, and that'll, um, you know, that's handled an episode of Back to Work that had three hundred some titles, and the last episode of Bionic um, had tons of titles, and um, you know, a free Heroku instance will handle that. So, I, I can't imagine the size of the show where you'd need to, um, yeah, have that many titles. put any put any <laughs> money towards keeping it going right the only problem you run into um and this has only been a problem with five by five was the the number of titles you get versus and um times that by the number of votes and you start to run into your ten thousand uh ten thousand row limit um after about six months and you have to go in and clean up oh uh, I see, some yeah. extra rows and so forth right because it doesn't dump them off or whatever that's just in there and then mm-hmm. you have to manually yeah okay that makes sense. Which again, if it's free, you can probably handle doing that. <laughs> yeah. And do you need last year's yeah. title suggestions? I don't know. Pro- I'm sure there's some podcasters that uh, detail oriented that they keep a detailed archive of every single title suggestion. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's also what a Wikipedia page is for too. So maybe you could offload it to that. So <laughs> um, what's the the future, I guess, or what's your goals with Jackals? I, I heard actually uh, Jackals.us us does it say in the u.s do they say us or us <laughs> um you can say either yeah uh, um your goals for for the site for the podcast network uh i heard you uh i think it was on the most recent episode of grit maybe was that that was you that called in i'm assuming right so that mm-hmm. was, that talking, was me i'd actually got cut off halfway through and i haven't listened to see if uh you actually talked about this i was like this sounds an awful lot like mike it seems like he's describing what Mike is doing, <laughs> but it never actually outlined any, I mean, your name was, you said your name was Mike, but it never actually explicitly said this is what I was doing, but maybe you did later on in the show and I just missed it. But, um, yeah, what is your sort of goals for, for Jackals? Well, um, there's been 
you know, a few articles about uh, podcast networks and whether they're needed or not. And I fall in the camp of that uh, they are needed. Maybe not for you or me or Dan or um, anybody else who already is podcasting, but I feel like there's a huge number of people out there who don't even know how to get started. And you can tell them, oh, yeah, you just go set up a Squarespace site and um, put your stuff there. And, well, for some people, even even as easy as Squarespace is, for some people, that's still just outside of their wheelhouse. You know, that's not something they can easily do. You know, the, the, the next great podcast may be from um, – you know, some farmer in a small town or something who spends uh, 10 hours a day on a tractor and doesn't have time to set up a Squarespace site or or someone who just doesn't have access to that technology. So what I want to do is to provide people a platform, provide people with some advice um, to help them get going and post a podcast. Uh, another thing, uh, another advantage of that is yeah, you could even if you do know how to set up a Squarespace site and you go and you record three episodes and you decide you don't want a podcast anymore, well, you know, you've taken all that time to register your domain and set up your um, Squarespace site and now it's just going to basically die in a year when your um, domain expires. Whereas with this, I hope to give people a way to just give it a shot. Let's try a podcast see if we like doing it, um, see if other people like it. If we get to a certain size, then then that's the time to look at setting up your own um, WordPress install or setting up a Squarespace site or something like that. So, you know, I just want to, um, I recently interviewed somebody and they gave me this term uh, that I've been looking for to be like a nursery for podcasts. So just a place for people to get a start. Um, they still own their podcasts. If they get to a point where their downloads are high enough and they want to start taking on sponsors and, you know, and, um, and my platform can't support it anymore because I'm trying to run it on $10 a month, then uh, they can take their content with them start a network or start just a, a Squarespace site or whatever. But I, I want to give people a safe, easy place to just take a shot at podcasting and see if it's for them. And without needing to know all the technical details, without needing to have the money to start a site. Um, so, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, as I said on Grit, like you and I, are on third base when it comes to podcasting. We're, you know, we're, we know what we're doing. We know how to get a site up, but there are people who just aren't even at bat when it comes to trying to do something like this. They don't even know where to start, uh, even if they might think they want to do it. So, um, I've been talking to a few people, um, a few other jackals about starting a podcast and, so I'm hoping one of those will come to fruition and um, kind of be the first one to kick it off and um, and hopefully start getting some more people uh, 
to to do podcasts and just to give it a try. Yeah, I think that's the it's kind of like the um, whatever in the baseball or hockey world, like the farm team, or <laughs> in a sense of of you know just a, a place to try it out and, and experiment and then figure out, like you said, if something grows into something bigger. And because that's I, I have that same kind of um, I don't know if it's passion or interest of like you know hating that technology would get in the way of someone being able to create that thing that they'd love to do. Whether it is you know in our case we're talking podcasting, but so other folks it's writing a blog or whatever where they just they love to write but they have no idea how to begin setting up a site and get bogged down in those details and then never actually get to writing the thing that they wanted to write or the photos they wanted to publish or or the podcast they want to publish and so i think that's a great great little step and way to help out the community that way um and uh and yeah whether you can certainly look at the idea of uh carrying the farm team analogy forward like bringing a show to good stuff that's you know outgrowing jackals or something like that or five by five or whatever any number of the existing networks that are out there or or like you said starting your own thing um there's certainly ways and, and interesting things that could happen out of that so yeah and that's that's kind of one of my goals is um after i get a actually get a podcast um signed up is to uh have some kind of group of advisors you know, and that maybe um, yeah, we're not there yet. So this isn't like an invitation or anything formal like that. But I've got Chris from Good Stuff and he's listened to your podcast and he's got some feedback for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, we've gotten you've gotten too big. You've got too many downloads for us to handle. Let's shop you around to um, these other podcast networks. Um so, you know, I kind of see it as like there is some kind of mm, advisory board or something. I don't know exactly what to call it, but um, I hope to in the future bring on other people who uh, can can help foster these podcasts, give them advice and maybe help them to turn it into something that makes them money. Yeah, exactly. And then that's where you get, you should have your, uh, your signing bonus or something. You get uh, a finder's fee. <laughs> well, uh, for right now, I'm pretty much depending on people's goodwill. And yeah. <laughs> that, you know, it's like once you get, once you get famous, don't forget the little people kind of thing. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about the, the possibility of that uh, working out where, you know, it, if I find the next big podcaster, then, you know, I feel like, uh, I've built some goodwill with them. You know, they're moving on and I don't want to say riding on their coattails, but I certainly think I would have their ear. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's, I mean, it's a, it's a small, small, but growing community, obviously of podcasters and, and there's always, yeah, ways to help out each other and, and grow each other's thing, whatever that whether it's audience or, or in your case, like bringing more people to your, your site that want to help produce podcasts and things like that. So, mm-hmm. and there's, yeah. I think there's a, there's probably a, a, a market or a, a, a way for folks who don't necessarily even want to be on a mic all the time as, you know, that's obviously what the, the medium is, is podcasting as audio and talking to microphones, but there's people we need, like people who can write copy and people who can help write show notes and people who can help with getting sponsors and who aren't necessarily uh, on mic personality or whatever that uh, could be involved. And I feel like there's a, 
that's an underutilized, I guess, uh, area of people being involved in different podcasts and things as well. So mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Also with, um, there was the Dave Whiskus video about the podcast intervention and right. the whole, uh, well, the, what I took away from it was, um, podcasting is like an echo chamber. It's around tech. You're getting all exactly the same people. So if I can provide the technical part of it, maybe we can expand our, um, our demographics, I guess. Um, you know, I think the pro- one of the problems is that since it's around tech and tech is dominated by basically white guys, that um, the medium isn't moving forward and we're getting all the same people. And, you know, obviously I'm saying this as a white guy, but um, I want to also help foster that uh, diversity in uh, in podcasting. Mm-hmm. For sure. And that's, yeah, actually that's another theme picked up from the previous episode of just chatting with Carrie about that as well. And uh, any ways to sort of, yeah, break down some of those barriers of people getting into this medium, I think, because it's a, a really exciting medium and way to communicate and, and converse and share ideas and hear stories and all that kind of stuff. And I think in as much as there's a lot of hand wringing about whether it's the future or whether it's the past or where the show, this medium is going, there's still a lot of uh, things to be figured out. It's still a young, young uh, industry as it were anyways. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's exciting to see where we'll go. And um, before I, well, before I get to the, your uh, podcast you listen to, I, we actually haven't talked about how you actually record your podcast. We've talked about your CMS and stuff like that, that you're building, but uh, what, what are you using for mics and gear and stuff in, in the jackals.us studios? Well, much like everything else, I'm, I've got basically just barely what I need to get by. Um, I've got a Samsung Meteor, and um, which is a, it's a pretty good mic. I'm surprised at the quality for the price. Um, if you look it up, it kind of looks like a, a silver bullet. But uh, I don't have a shock mount and I don't have a, um, a boom arm or anything like that. I've actually got it sitting on top of a, uh, a soda can koozie, if you know what that is. <laughs> so that's my shock mount and it's getting it up closer to my mouth so that um, you can actually hear me. So, you know, like I said, just like everything else, I'm basically running as cheap as I can. Um, I use a Windows machine to record. I use Skype call recorder. Or I guess on Windows it's MP3 Skype recorder. I don't even know if it's by the same company who does the Mac one. but um, And we use Skype or Hangouts to make the call. Um, we do double-enders uh, just to help with quality a little bit. Um, I've started... We started out using Hangouts. We've done Skype a little bit, and the quality is much better. So I don't know if I'm going to keep doing double enders or not. I mean, we'll see where that goes. But quality is much better with Skype or with which which one have you found? With with Skype is much yeah. better, but then again, double enders is even better. So I've been kind of sticking with that. Um, you haven't had the, trouble with uh, double ender being where the guest records their end, and and, you, and then you edit them together. You having trouble as far as getting the guests to 
record their end or anything like that? Anything difficult to go? No, I haven't run into that yet. Um, I mean, if if that happens, then we'll just deal with it, and um, I'll just use a Skype call or something like that. Um, I'm trying to make it as easy as I can for the person on the other end. Fortunately, so far, everybody has had the the ability to record on their end. So, um, yeah, that's that's it. It's me, a microphone, and a laptop, basically. <laughs> And what, uh, what are you editing on Windows? Is there some sort of editing software on Windows even? <laughs> uh, just I just use Audacity. <laughs> yeah. So the, it's because that's free and uh, does what I need. So that's what I use to record, to edit. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I run Audacity. So I'm recording with Audacity right now. And I'm using Skype Call Recorder just in case something happens. You know, it's... I'm one of those people who has backups for my backups. Yeah, what well, you can never be <laughs> too careful. So we've got you recording it, so that's one. I'm recording in Skype call recorder is two and and Audacity. So we've got three copies. Yeah. And actually I I forgot to this time because usually when I stream live it goes through a computer out and on that computer as it's streaming live I hit record as well just to have a copy there as well so it, it, technically we could have had four copies going <laughs> <laughs> of this important conversation that <laughs> and so uh which actually in, in not, i'm i always ask guests to record and obviously it's built in you know having podcasters on a podcasting show generally they know how to record so it's not a big deal but um the my imac for the first time in two years just gave me a little hard disk slow warning about 10 minutes into our conversation and so there actually will be a little chunk at least to edit if nothing else uh, so it worked out well that you're recording your end. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, and don't send me emails about Mac Windows stuff. I'm just kidding because just because it happened to be that Mike <laughs> and Carrie before both happened to be on Windows. And I don't care. I, I think it's awesome whatever platform you do. Again, to me, the goal is to podcast, not to get bogged down in whether you're using a MacBook or a, a disgusting HP laptop or whatever <laughs> it happens to be that you record with. The goal is to get a podcast out. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, that's the main thing. And actually it's exciting or it's interesting to me because I had a few friends in real life here or clients who want to get into podcasting and they happen to be on windows and I actually have no clue. And so it's worked out well too, to just talk about what windows folks are using for podcasting and recording and stuff like that. So it turns out it's basically all the same because there's good open source stuff like audacity to, mm-hmm. to work with. So, um, what, uh, yeah. And then wrapping up, I guess, what what podcast do you yourself listen to, uh, that, these days um i generally only listen live so oh, interesting. Um, i don't seem to have time to go back and and listen to podcasts very often but um i always catch um back to work on five by five um the notco almanac um i'd say those are probably my two favorites um for different, completely different reasons. Um, the Noctico Almanac. Um, Andy has such a breadth of knowledge. I mean, he knows, he He knows knows so many things, (laughs) but he also has depth. I mean, I like, I consider myself a trivia person where I have a wide array of knowledge of things I shouldn't know, which makes it really great for bar trivia, but I can't, there's only one or two things I can talk about that I go really deep on, but he seems to just have so many topics that he can, uh, 
uh, really dig deep on and and has so much knowledge on. You know, he talked about, I don't know, opera one time um, and linked to some some uh, some operas on YouTube. And um, and then at the same time, he's talking about the whatever the Samsung watch thing is. And it's just really amazing to me, his his amazing breadth of knowledge and breadth and depth of knowledge. Mm hmm. Back to work. Um, that's kind of the show that um, I'm really big on uh, motivational speaking, like um, um, Zig Ziglar. Uh, some people kind of look at that as like a crutch, and um, you know, why do you need somebody else to tell you what to do? But uh, to me, it just kind of gets me excited about things, gets me going. And back to work does that as well. It makes me think about really think about what I'm doing, um, and why I'm doing it. And, you know, the, the episode that sticks out to me is the one about agency, you know, who is representing you, whether you like it or not. Um, you know, from your employer to, um, um, you know, the, the person, the neighbor next door. I mean, there's just so many people creating an image of you that you have no idea about. Um, so that episode really made me think, and um, I would say, obviously, Merlin is a big uh, um, inspiration for doing a podcast at all. Um, then um, I listen to Transmission almost every day uh, that I'm that I can, and that's uh, Kyle and Kenny on Good Stuff four days a week, Monday through Thursday, I think. Yeah, and. <laughs> Um, and like I said, I tried to do a daily show and I'm not sure how they do it. Uh, cause I know they both have day jobs, but you know, I'm, I've, I, I really like having that daily show and it, even more impressive is that they do, uh, an hour or more uh, almost every day. So, um, you know, it's a kind of a replacement for the frequency that used to be on five by five. Um, it's kind of the same type of show, just a, a morning zoo, I guess, using big air quotes again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm, I'm not trying to, to flatter you or anything, but I do listen to uh, Terp on good stuff. Um, I'll take flattery. I don't... It's not flattery. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, I really like the discussions that come out of that. It's a uh, talk about a wide variety of topics, but they but you manage to make them all seem interesting. And by you, I'm using the royal you of you um, <laughs> and the other two guys who are on there, whatever their names yeah. are. Two schmucks, but yeah, the that show is yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and lastly, um. From ESN, I've been listening to Night Moves with uh, R. Stevens and Moises. Um, he's just a really funny guy. Um, I like hearing how his mind works. Uh, he's gotten me back to listening to uh, Coast to Coast AM, and I don't know if that you know what that is, but no, it's a uh, it's on here in the states for sure. It's on. It starts at like midnight, so I I'll listen on their website or whatever. But it's people calling in about paranormal things, uh, 
and conspiracy theories. And um, it's very entertaining to listen to. Uh, and he he talks about those kinds of things um, um, just for fun. And uh, so I've really been enjoying that new show. Interesting. So when you say you listen primarily live, would you, whether whatever show it is, back to work or transmission, doesn't matter, but if you just happen to miss it, you, you kind of treat it more like radio in that I won't go back and listen to Monday's show of, you know, the local radio talk show or whatever that happens to be on. Um, right. Or do you, you periodically, you might go back, but otherwise you'd kind of just, if you miss it when it's live, then you just miss it and you move on to the next one. Yeah. Periodically I'll go back, but for the most part, if I don't catch it live, I'm probably not going to listen to it just because I've got, I, I work from home, so I don't have a commute to have time to listen to anything like any, any podcast or anything. Um, but actually we are, I'm starting another show that is going to basically require me to start listening to, um, other podcasts. Um, I'm getting together with some more jackals and we're going to, uh, do a show, do a podcast about podcasts, of course, (laughs) but it'll basically be, what are you listening to and what do you like about it? Kind of like what we're talking about now. Yeah, that's a great idea. I, I know uh, Dave Rupert and I have chatted about that. I like something similar that needing kind of like, you know, every industry has its um, commentators on itself and you don't want tons of those obviously, but it's an interesting thing to hear about and talk about is, you know, what's happening with back to work as a podcast and just the bigger picture stuff or, yeah, whatever angle you guys take on it, obviously, is going to be interesting, I think. But just mm-hmm. a bit of commentary on the, the industry is okay. And it um, doesn't always have to mean big, long blog post argument style mm-hmm. stuff that sometimes flares up. It can be just, you know, normal conversation, too. Mm-hmm. So, And it it kind of kind of follows the theme of Better Know a Jackal, um, where it's more about learning about the audience, I guess, than than the the medium itself so kind of like market research almost where i'm asking questions about um about the podcast and then hopefully you we can use that to determine where do we go from here you know what do you like about back to work um what can we learn from that so that we can make better podcasts. Um, is there some niche that podcasting isn't filling now that it should, you know, what do you think this show could do better? Um, I think a lot of interesting, uh, question or a lot of interesting answers will come out of that. Yeah. Cause we, it is hard to get, um, I mean, sometimes you get, you get the negative feedback, I guess, but, uh, there isn't a lot of like, we, we tend to podcast in a vacuum and it almost feels like sometimes we're, People just listen and we put it out and, and never the two shall meet almost. And even just hearing you saying that you would traditionally just, or typically will just listen live and that's, that's fine. It, it, it flies in the face in a sense of what traditionally podcasters think of like, well, we don't, people don't do that anymore because that was radio and now we're, you can listen to it whenever you want. And so obviously you'll just download it and, you know, listen that way. And, and probably the, I would guess the majority of podcast folks are doing that, but it's still interesting to hear from people who don't do just the norm and you who hear yeah like you said listen whenever they can but 
won't go back necessarily or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. So, so when is yeah. that, uh, is there any definite plans or is it kind of just in the works still for, for when that uh, show? Still, still in the works, probably, uh, see the first episode around January. It's a, a little more intensive show than, than better know Jackal because, um, n- now I'm putting the, some of the work onto the, um, to the guest. So I've, I'm kind of got a little more, uh, need a little more runway on that so that they have time to, um, figure out what they're going to talk about. Yeah. All right. And are you open to listeners contacting you about that show too? If they want oh, yeah. to appear on it. Definitely. So similar, similar way of getting in touch with you. And, um, so I guess I, do I need to ask what app you listen to podcasts with, or you just use the web browser if they're, um, <laughs> When I do use an app, um, I use Overcast. Um, though I still am just using the free version. Um, I guess obviously because I don't listen to podcasts that often, but um, it seems to be the the best one for me. I had um, Instacast, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that the one? I used that for, for a long time. Um But I, I don't know why I switched. I guess just because Overcast was the new shiny thing. And, yeah. <laughs> and I follow the shiny things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't we all? <laughs> cool. Well, uh, so where can folks find you, follow you on the on the internets these days? Like, Well, I've got uh, jackals.us. That's usually the easiest way to find out, find more about me, um, links to who I am because my name is difficult to spell, but I'm also Mike Biesterfeld on Twitter. Um, and I think that's about it. Well, I'm almost always in the, in the chat room, uh, on IRC, um, for five by five and good stuff and all those, all the great networks, <laughs> all the great networks. <laughs> um, so what is that back to work? And, uh, I guess probably more officially the, um, why am I drawing a blank on, Merlin's other show, uh, Roderick's Roderick online. Roderick online. Yeah. That's what I blanked on for some reason. Um, cool. Well, thanks Mike for coming on and I look forward to, you know, hearing all about all your great shows, <laughs> the new <laughs> ones and, um, and also seeing where you go with the CMS. I think that's exciting. And, uh, um, and I know there's, you know, you've helped out in the GitHub thing, <laughs> with the with the good stuff CMS and the suggestions there too and I think any sort of amount of sharing of that kind of information because again I keep harboring this but the idea being we all want a podcast that's what we're here to do in as much as we're programmers some of us and in, in different ways and designers and things but ultimately we got into this to do some podcasting and so um, whatever helps elevate the medium uh, in that way get some of the tech out of the way for, for the rest of us is awesome and uh, great to see happen um this has been uh, episode 61 of Show Me Your Mic, which you can find online at goodstuff.fm slash smym. And if you throw a slash 61, you'll get right to this episode where all the links to the various things we talked about, um, Mike's Twitter account, etc. <laughs> so you don't have to spell it, it's all there. Um, goodstuff underscore FM is where you can follow Good Stuff on the Twitter. I'm iChris, and uh, Show Me Your Mic has uh, its own account as well, smym underscore FM. If you've got a suggestion, a comment, concern, uh, maybe not hate mail, but uh, just, you know, critique, 
thoughts about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can ping me on Twitter or uh, Chris at goodstuff.fm is where you can email me directly. And my thanks to Campaign Monitor for sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mic. Until next time, thanks for listening. Have a good day. Bye.